Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 962. Be yourself. Don't play a part. Be true to what you enjoy. And I don't care if what it is. Just be yourself. And I know that's, I know that's sort of trite and, and, and worn out. And you hear it a lot, but there's a reason you hear it a lot. It's true. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Brian Davis. Hey, Brian, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? My racing harness is fastened and my helmet is on. All right. I love it when my guests show up ready to go. Here we go. Brian Davis is the founder of Malay's Motors Facebook group, a 6,000-member strong group of very interesting enthusiasts. Malay's Motors is dedicated to the history, design, manufacture, and roadability of those unloved cars of the Malay's area that began in 1972 and ended in 1995. The group's seats are button-tufted, their roofs are Landau, and they roll on the shiniest genuine wire wheel covers available. The 1972 model years were hit with a drop in compression ratios, if you remember back then, and switched to net horsepower ratings in preparation for the upcoming emissions regulations. And in 1996, of course, the OBD2 diagnostic electronics came along to play an end to the Malays era. When not managing Malays Motors, he's a realtor and property manager who enjoys driving classic Jaguar limousines. Can't wait to hear about, about that, too. Well, Brian, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your passion for automobiles? Well, gosh, I, I don't know if a little bit more will suffice, but I'll, <laughs> I will do my best to remain within the the, the uh, bounds of propriety and time allotted. There you go. I, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool car guy, but Malay's Motors specifically came about completely on a lark. I was at home uh, enjoying some leisure time, and I thought to myself – well, you know, there was actually a prompt that came up on Facebook saying, oh, start a group, you know, talk about the things you like. And I'm like, well, I like I like cars that no one else likes. And uh, the term malaise was, was coined by supposedly a Jalopnik journalist and uh, has a, a more, you know, that the way he defines it is a more limited time frame than what we use. But regardless, the, the term was at the forefront of my mind. And I thought, well, malaise may be bad in some people's minds, but in my mind, uh, it's an interesting automotive epoch. And and I want to, to share my love of the unloved with the, with the world. <laughs> I at, love at that this. Point, at, at that point, the world was simply, you know, my Facebook friends that I more or less forced to join the group that I had created. But but that is how Malay's Motors started. I, I was I was bored one day, and that's that's all it boils down to. Well, it's a cool story, and and I love everything about it. And I always think of the Malay's era as commonly defined like you of 1973 to 83. I know you start a little bit earlier when it almost seemed as if, as if American manufacturers had given up and. The big three have their uh, staunch apologies for that time, but I, I always say, just go look at the commercials and the ads of those days, and you'll kind of see what we're talking about. And I'm not poking fun at it, of course. I'm just saying that, you know, that was a kind of an interesting, tough era, I think, for yes, it automobiles. Was. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, uh- 
all of a sudden, they weren't the only game in town. They had to contend with stronger and stronger imported competition, and suddenly they also had to contend with legislation that told them how they had to build their cars. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about this and about you as we continue on your journey. But first, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has meaning in your life, and it's a Nice way to get those uh, shiny wire wheel hubcaps spinning here on cars, yeah? So, Brian, take the wheel. First thing, bleach white and let it soak in. Um, (laughs) I'll be quite frank with you. I've always had a a strong streak of self-defeatism that I've fought with. So uh, the, the best advice I can possibly give or anything like a mantra would be to say, just keep throwing the spaghetti at the wall, and damn it, some of it is going to stick. And don't <laughs> let your own demons drag you down. Recognize what they are, work around them, work against them, work over them. But damn it, just keep going. You know, I, I get, and we had a great pre-show chat, Brian and I. I think we could have talked for hours, and I, we finally had to get on with the show so we could share this with you listeners. But Tell me a little bit, because you come across as a very very unique individual to me. Tell me how you've incorporated that spaghetti mantra into your business, your life, and your passion for cars. Well, who doesn't like carbs? Um, but uh, I was born to be a gearhead. Um, I, I was my, my family ran an auto parts store for 50 years, and it had roots that go back beyond that. I, I grew up playing in my grandparents' auto parts store, and uh, that actually had roots going back to the 20s. My great-grandfather uh, opened a repair shop in Palo Alto called Varsity Garage, and, and he specialized in Hudson and Essex. Later, he moved to the uh, Clovis area and opened a shop, which was still called Varsity Garage, and when he passed away in the early 50s. My grandfather inherited it and transitioned away from repair and into auto parts sales, and that was the environment I grew up in. My dad worked there too, my, my uncles, and you know, so uh, you know, I, I grew up with the smell of, of uh, machine oil and, and rubber belts and hoses. No doubt, no doubt. Well, you pretty much answered that question about when you knew you were a car guy, because it sounds like you, it's in your DNA and flowing through your veins. So let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. The most important part of this question, though, is lessons. What did this situation teach you? So tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum, either in your career, your business, or your life. Well, sure. You know, I I told you my family ran an auto parts store for 50 years. Well, time came that grandma and grandpa were ready to bow out after after a half a century of hard graft. I don't really blame them. So uh, they sold out to CarQuest in the early 2000s, but we kept hold of the real estate and we kept the building. Mm -hmm. And uh, CarQuest closed some locations when the economy tanked around 07, 08. And one of those locations was our building. Mm, Yeah. So my family had this commercial building that was, you know, really it's it's kind of ramshackle. There's the original structure that had been added on to multiple times, and uh, you know it was what it was, and it was sitting there vacant in what actually is a fairly good location. And so uh, I became connected with a person who's also a, you know, of a mechanical bent and a lover of history and things, and we decided to open. Uh, our garage there specializing in the repair and maintenance of classic cars as well as household appliances and things like that. Mm. So so we had to rehab this uh, building that had become quite derelict at this point. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you work in the real estate industry, right? I do. Okay. So you're kind of playing on your career path. Well, what happened with that situation that was the challenge? We're jumping the timeline a little bit. I didn't earn my real estate license until after I learned the lessons that were to be learned from this challenge. Okay. Okay. Well, take us down that path. Okay. Well, the first step was, uh, you know, we had to we had to gain permission from the powers that be to embark on this venture, and that included my family, who owned the building, uh, his family, who were going to be backers in this venture, um, and of course the city of Clovis. Uh, you know, who they 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 hold the keys. They can decide if they're going to grant you a business license or not, and mm-hmm. they can decide just how cooperative or uncooperative they might wish to be with the permitting process. As it happened, all parties were amenable. And we moved forward and, frankly, the both of us busted our tails getting the shop ready. Um, Many, many, many days were spent in this derelict building tearing down um, partitions that had been put up to to serve as office office areas and uh, opening old bay doors had been covered since before I was born. And and, uh, we did a really, really uh, smashing job, in my opinion, no pun intended of evoking this, the era of, and feel of a garage that might have been there going back to the 40s, which really it had been, mm-hmm. but it had gone through so many transitions over the years. Now, this is Clovis, California, which pretty much is, what, northeast of Fresno, if my memory's right. It's almost dead center in the middle of California, right? Uh, your, your memory serves you very well indeed. It, it's just a few miles outside of the foothills, but yeah, you're, you're quite correct on the geography there. Okay. Well, having gone through all that, what's the big takeaway lesson for you that you uh, that perhaps here led you into the real estate industry? Well, I'll tell you exactly what the takeaway lesson is for me. It's a hell of a lot more fun to work on your own car than to work on other people's cars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of people on the show who own their own shops, restoration shops, car repair shops. It's a tough, tough business. And it sounds very glamorous. But uh, sometimes it's not, right? Oh, no. Yeah. The glamour is only when you watch it on a reality show. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, rea- the reality is something entirely different. You have unrealistic customers. You have recalcitrant business partners. You have finances that do not cooperate with you. Um, you have overhead that won't quit. Uh, the, the glamour is there, but to get to that point is a very, very, very steep climb. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the end of all this? Well, the end of all this was I parted ways with him as a business partner, and he remained in business in, in my family's building for some time. Uh, eventually, the, you know, the, again, that making overhead is a challenge for anyone, the best of us, and uh, he wasn't able to meet that challenge either. Um, so the shop eventually went, went uh, you know, sort of dissolved itself. Yeah. And uh, when I parted ways, I decided, you know, this, this working on cars is all well and good if I'm working on my own car, but I, I need to do something else. So I went and got my real estate license which I've you know, held for four years now and just renewed. And I, I have a passion for houses in as much as cars, so it was sort of a natural fit for me as well. Absolutely. Wow. Well, what, a, what an adventure, I guess, to put it in a positive light, but uh, certainly learned a lot of valuable lessons along the way, right? De- almost definitely. I, 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 I could not – there's not an amount of money in the world that would have bought me the experience. There you go. Great attitude. Well, let's shift gears and – Go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment, something that uh, helped illuminate a way for a new path or direction for you, and tell us the steps you took to turn that into a success. 
I'll tell you, you catch me right in the midst of the aha moment occurring. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, uh, Malays Motors has, uh, over the last six months, reached a critical mass, both with membership and interest from outside parties. I'm people such as yourself. I owe a lot of this to Chuck Sherman, who's my one of my co-admins, and there's there's also Tyira who helps administer the site as well. Um, but but uh, Chuck has been instrumental in helping me curate the group and and bring focus to my vision for a car group that is inclusive rather than exclusive, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 really sort of picked up some some momentum in that we're starting to talk about more car shows. We have one planned uh, for uh, the 28th of April down in L.A. at the Automobile Driving Museum. I guess it's technically El Segundo, uh-huh. um, and that's very exciting. Coming up shortly, there's been a lot of interest in that car, cl- uh, car show. Um, we've also been talking to Old Cars Weekly about doing a column for them, and that is coming to fruition, and uh, on top of all that, there's another car show we are exploring the possibility of being a part of in the Midwest come this summer. Very cool. You know, I love the whole thing about this because it shows listeners out there that let's say you have a career outside of your passion for cars, but you really want to do something and get involved. There's so many ways to do it these days. I've had guests on the show that have created car shows that have grown into astronomical proportions. People that do all sorts of things as sidepreneurs, I call them. But for you, you've done the same thing, but you've done it through the uh, magical Facebook forum. And uh, you talk about being inclusive. Yeah, you guys even let me in. So I get to come in and look at, be part of your group. And I'll tell you, my my experiences with everybody there I've encountered has been very kind, uh, very fun. And even if you're not fanatical about this malaise era uh, there are a lot of people that are that are really passionate about it well my thoughts are that a a car person a true dyed-in-the-wool car person can appreciate just about any vehicle whether it's uh rarefied and dignified or or very humble i mean i like everything from a duesenberg to a renault dauphine Mm. to a cadillac cimarron yeah and 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 I, i see that in other people as well well, you'll love this. My parents actually had a Renault Dauphine when I was a little kid. So, oh, uh, now now I'm quite jealous. <laughs> yeah, and you and you survived your childhood. This is this is amazing. Yeah, between that and a '49 MGTC and an Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, talk about a Malaysi type car. You know, yeah, with, uh, with, complete with rear facing seats. I hope rear facing seats, the crush zone where the kids can get destroyed if you get rear ended. And uh, but we had our own. Skylights and our own visors. My sister and I thought we were pretty cool. And it had that beautiful wood grain down the side. So, you know, pretty nice car. So I, I think I fit right into the group. I'm doing okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and to be quite, and we are, do- we are delighted to have you with us. Well, thank you. This is quite fun. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? Is there one that stands out for you? Um, honestly, it was probably getting the magazine deal together because that's something that I've been focusing on for a long time. Uh, I, I think I'm sort of an accidental automotive journalist, although I've got a ways to go with that. And, uh, you know, I, I should actually turn the clock back as well. We had a, a when, when Malay's Motors just had like 400 members or so, we had a little meet up in Sonora, California, a little just not even a car show, just a meet up and tour. And there was a uh, a small group of people who made that journey and uh, you know joined us for a weekend of all kinds of fun including riding steam trains and driving through gold rush era towns and you know that was too that was just such a delightful moment and 
maybe it wasn't something that was lucrative financially, but uh, you know, in, a, in an emotional sense, it was very rewarding. Very nice. I love it. So let's have a little bit of fun here and talk about your first really special car, vehicle, whatever that might be, and maybe share a memory or two you have with that. Well, sure. Uh, the first, uh, and I grew up with some cool cars, uh, you know, that the family owned, and they were definitely deeply influential on me. But the first proper special interest or classic car that I myself owned was a 1964 Continental. I was a 17-year-old kid in high school, and it was pretty tired. Paint was faded. I, I'm not quite sure just how much compression the old engine had left in it. Mm-hmm. But you know, even as a kid, the crisp blocky, elegant lines of that car were deeply appealing. It, it was too technologically sophisticated for me to work on at that time. I mean, as you may well know, there's miles of vacuum lines in those. and oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there, There's every luxury option. It, it was way too much car for a dumb kid like me. But uh, just talking about it, I can see the image of that car, you know, the gold with the cream leather. And uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was a sight to behold, I tell you. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go you really wish you had back in your garage? That's a very, very easy question to answer, although it wasn't my vehicle per se. It was my mom's 1989 K5 Blazer. That mm-hmm. was the first car I ever drove, so that's really where I earned my chops. And the whole family misses that car every time we see one. We're like, God, we should have never sold that damn Blazer. And so that 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 that's it. Mom's mom's K five. You know, I was really fortunate. I had a neighbor up the street when I was growing up down in uh, the San Diego area, and he owned a Chevy dealership. And one summer, his wife, who was very adventurous, decided to take two five K five brand new K five Blazers down into Baja California, and she invited me to come along and took a bunch of kids. Another woman came along because I was sixteen and I could drive. And so we headed off all the way down the base of Baja. We'd camp on the beaches and those things, surf. We had motorcycles attached to the back. And, uh, yeah, I got very familiar with those vehicles. Uh, for a full month, we went and did this really fun adventure. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, really cool. So I like those things. And I drove one many times up to Mammoth Mountain from San Diego, which is about an eight-and-a-half, nine-hour drive in one of those vehicles. So I got very used to them. I like them. Yeah, I can see why you'd want one of those again. Well, let's talk about today, tomorrow, and what has you really excited and fired up when it comes to Malays Motors Facebook group. Well, I'm super excited about the level of member engagement we have. I'm not super into the world of, uh, you know, what makes an online or rather a Facebook group successful or not, but I know that we've got 80 to 90% engagement from our 6,000 members. Yeah. And, and the fact that that many people are interested to be a part of what we're doing is deeply satisfying. Mm-hmm. I'm also just chuffed to bits about our forthcoming car show at the Automobile Driving Museum in El Segundo on the 28th of April. Uh, they look like a heck of a venue. I have, I've yet to visit them personally, but I'm doing so later this month. And, and that's a real feather in our caps, a show like that. Yeah. Yeah, what fun. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to your Facebook group on Brian's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. And if you've got a passion for these vehicles, I'm sure the group would like to have you join them. And if you don't, just check out what they do. I think you'll find this as a very, very enthusiastic group of people who are quite fun, quite humble, and uh, just having a good time with their cars, which is what it's all about. Well, here's a very introspective question. I'm very curious how you're going to answer this, Brian. If Brian was a car, what would he be and why? 
Well, I'll tell you, I'm a pretty simple guy. I'm definitely built more for comfort than speed. I would be an American luxury sedan, more something like a Lincoln or a Cadillac. I, I don't handle the corners super well. If you want me to change directions quickly, that is probably not going to happen. However, I've got the torque and the stamina and the comfort to keep going. So that would be me. I like it. Very nicely put. Well, Brian, up next is the last a lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt. And mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with cover craft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Brian, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions for you and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, my co-admin Chuck is just constantly on me to be myself and that I'm something special and so is the group. And really, that would be it. Be yourself. Don't don't play a part. Be true to what you enjoy. And I don't care if what it is, just be yourself. Yeah. And I know that's, I know that's sort of trite and, and, and worn out and you hear it a lot, but there's a reason you hear it a lot. It's true. Yeah, I think so. And you know, this day and age, especially with social media, so many people are trying to be someone else who's successful and you can cut, it's pretty transparent. You can see right through them pretty quick. So uh, yeah, just be yourself, be comfortable in your own skin. And uh, that's what I love about the Malays group. Because I think it's a group of people who are comfortable in their own skin, their own sheet metal, and their own shiny hubcaps. So I think it's great. Would you I think sh- you're absolutely right. Yeah. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, this is going back to an earlier question, but it's remembering to check myself 
when that self-defeatist personality trait that I that I'm so guilty of having comes out. Mm. Just just remembering to pause for a minute and think, you know, Brian, maybe you need to step back and wait before you pull the trigger on that serious decision. And usually when I've done that, uh, following through rather than cutting off the flow has been the right thing to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, great advice. Now about a resource. There are tons of great resources like the Malaise Air Group on Facebook. Is there a resource that you go to a lot you'd like to share? There sure is. Um, as we talked about earlier, I'm, I've got a passion for old British iron, either pre-Malays and post-Malays and Malays. Uh, I'm a big fan of Berlin fuel systems in England. If you have an old British car with a pair of SUs or a Stromberg on it, they're great. Uh, even you got a bike with a couple of Amels on it, they're great. Uh, yeah, Berlin fuel systems in the UK. I, I've used them on many occasions. How do you spell Berlin? It is spelled B-U-R-L-E-N. E-N. Okay, great. Want to make sure we get that right. Now, I'll put a link to that on Brian's show notes page. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that person be? You know, that is such a tough question to answer because there, there are so many luminaries out there, both uh, manufacturers, writers, drivers th- that I would love to meet. But if if I could have an evening with any of them, it would probably be the late, great David E. Davis, Mm. and I would let him pick the wine. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. What a guy he was. And uh, boy, I first learned about him way, way back through car magazines, of course. But yeah, he'd be awesome to sit down with. What a character. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with the Cars audience? There's not just a book I've I've read. There's a book I've read many times and has probably been more formative than any other for me. Uh, And that's The Great Cars by Ralph Stein. Mm -hmm. It it probably came out, I think, late 60s, you know, 68 to 70, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And and Mr. Stein's style was so very personal, very partisan, yet open to to a wide panoply of cars. He liked everything from uh, brassier machines all the way up to the cars that were contemporary at the time that book was written. Yeah. And and it just just you could tell he's such a genuine enthusiast. I, I love that book. Yeah, it's great. I think it's way way out of print. So probably to find that book, you're going to have to go to an eBay or some kind of old bookstore or something. Keep your eyes open. But uh, yeah, great book. Well, I'll make sure that I put a list of all these resources on Brian's show notes page in the Cars yeah website. Brian is B R Y A N last name Davis. I'll make sure everything is linked up there and. Uh, Maybe you'll get lucky enough to find a copy of that book. I'm not going to give you mine. I'm going to keep it on my shelf. My parents gave me that book when I was in junior high. So I'll tell you a secret. I have two copies. Oh, well, hmm. Well, there might be somebody out there with a big enough check to let you part with one of those. I don't know, but uh, it doesn't take a big check. There's only there's there's just a small cadre of people who are interested in that book. But lucky lucky people they are. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Brian. This last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Doesn't matter what it costs, doesn't matter where it is, but I'm going to park it in your garage. Money's no object. What's it going to be? Once again, that's such a tough question to answer because my interests, my desires, the cars I find intriguing, fascinating, desirable run the gamut. But uh, I know I'm, I'm known the Malays guy, and that's what I'm known for, but if I could have any car, irrespective of price, it would be an old Alvis TE or TF drophead coupe, um, three liters. They're triple carb, good for about a buck twenty. They're they're esoteric, 
they're sporty. But more than that, if, if I can only have the one car, an Alvis drophead is the sort of car that I can grow old with. Well, holy cow. I knew you'd pick something really out there, but I didn't ever expect to hear that. It's a very unique car, for sure. And, you know, I announced at the beginning here that you have a passion for driving Jaguar limousines. We That doesn't come up in our conversation. Where does that come into play? Well, that's a very long story in and of itself. But um, being the British car guy that I am, I, I've made contact with British car enthusiasts of all sorts here in the Fresno area. And one of them is my good friend Simon and Rhonda West, who run Royal Coach Limousine. And uh, Simon maintains all their cars, and he also will occasionally, very selectively, work on someone else's. And a friend of mine had had MG Midget at the time, and that's how I got to know Simon. He was working on the Midget. Um, So anyway, Simon and Rhonda required someone to drive their beautiful Jaguar limousines, and they asked if I'd be interested. And I said, of course, because they're exquisite. They're based on on the Mark IX. One of them, we've got a, a stock Mark 9, and wow. the other one is a, is a very slightly stretched Mark 9, sort of in the manner of a Rolls-Royce Phantom 5, but mm-hmm. a Jag. And uh, I, I've been driving uh, limousines for them for over 12 years now, and the great joy of the job is getting to drive these beautiful Jaguars that Sir William Lyons so lovingly sculpted. My goodness, those are very unique cars. Uh, now, do you do they rent them out for like weddings and things like that? Is that... That's exactly what we are. We're a livery company, and I've been involved in countless weddings and special events over the years. Ah, nice. Now, that would be fun. Uh, My wife and I, we were married 33-plus years ago, drove from our church to the reception in an old Rolls-Royce Phantom that was quite beautiful. But I think I would have loved to have been an old Jag like that. Well, I've I've often said Jaguar. It's the sexy (laughs) Rolls-Royce. Yes. And the racy, although Bentley's probably got that one covered, so... Ah, very nice. So, Brian, you've taken me on a great ride. Uh, This has been great fun. I knew it would be. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Could you give us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Alvis TE drophead coupe? I certainly can. Try to always remember that just because a car isn't loved today doesn't mean it won't be loved tomorrow. <laughs> Look at the Pinto. <laughs> there you go. The mighty Pinto. Oh, my goodness. You're a unique guy. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing these days? Well, of course, there's the Malaise Motors Facebook group. Now, I, I do hasten to add that we're a closed group because I just can't keep up with the number of people who'd like to join. So we intentionally do that to just make it manageable for me. Mm-hmm. But we also have a website and blog, which is malaysemotors.com. That's M-A-I-L. Oh, shoot. I can't remember how to spell malaise, but it's <laughs> malaysemotors.com. Um, and uh, coming up in March, I, I believe our first article, Malaise Machines, we published in Old Cars Weekly. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, listeners, don't worry, because I'll make sure I get the spelling right on Brian Shono's page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, again, Davis in there, and that page will pop up. Check out what these guys are up to. It's quite fun. Great group of people. Fine group of cars. It'll take you back in time. If you're an old guy like me, you'll remember your youth and maybe mom or dad or grandpa and grandma driving those cars around. If you're a young guy and you have no clue what we're talking about, it's worth your while checking these vehicles out. It was a pretty unique, special time in the U.S. automotive industry. Brian, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. 
Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Cars Yeah.